I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Rachel Grandigleski. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time to party! This month's episodes on Kate and Leopold were recorded on April 30th of 2023. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. That's not the name of the song, Ansel. <laughs> Uh, the jazzy remix titled Why Every Time, our new theme song for season four. <laughs> you get right on producing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the public domain. I can do that. Yeah. Party uh, people, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Time to Party, uh, where somehow we have time to act like idiots. Yeah. Every month. We're, for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. We hope you like it. Um, we're adults. We are for some reason legally. Are we in most states? In most states, yeah. Yes, uh, we are joined by an amazing guest this month, Ansel. <laughs> I, it's not me. It's I'm not, not you. <laughs> but you know this guest very well. I do. <laughs> you know who knows her even better? She does. Hey, Rachel, tell us about yourself. My name's Rachel, and I'm here to talk about the movie we watched. Nailed it. First try. <laughs> See, I had every faith. <laughs> and what movie was that, Ben? Yes, uh, this month we are talking about Kate and Leopold, the, uh, I was going to call it seminal 2001 you like historical to, rom-com. You like to go but... between seminal and classic, and I don't think this is either of those things. Uh, that's why I was hesitant this yeah. time. <laughs> you, you, both of your adjectives, they're not... They didn't work yeah. this time. <laughs> the... the... <laughs> definitely film uh this is a movie can uh confirm Uh uh fun fact released on christmas day 2001 really Mm, flex yeah right god remember when miramax would just do mostly rom-coms and stuff i do like they were they were the jam yeah serendipity Mm -hmm. almost everything with meg ryan yeah i was gonna say they they just bought meg ryan for a few years <laughs> there was the the last carryover from the old studio system <laughs> they make all the sandra meg ryan came into too. the office and she was like i would really just love a 10-year contract could you still have those kicking around <laughs> and they're like we got one <laughs> this is the last one you're in luck <laughs> so that's how she did this we can only do five-year contracts for hugh grant so you'll have to you'll have to see if you can convince him to come back uh if you don't know about kate and leopold our good friends at rotten tomatoes uh will enlighten you kate mckay is a modern day executive a 21st century woman driven to succeed in the corporate world leopold the third duke of albany is a charming gent and bachelor of the late 1800s with career and social expectations looming each has grown cynical about the very notion of falling in love But when a rip in the fabric of time thrusts Leopold into the present-day New York, the potential for an old-fashioned modern romance ignites. The fuck? Who wrote this? (laughs) Someone who didn't get paid enough. Yeah. I mean, that's... And had possibly not watched the movie. That's accurate. They saw the trailer and they were like, yeah, I got this. Yeah. Um, first thing I'd like to say. Yeah, he uh, falls. He's not thrust. Old-fashioned, modern. Very good. Turn of phrase. First thing I'd like to point out. Uh, that this movie was directed by James Mangold. You may recognize him as the director of The Wolverine. 
Oh. Really? Yes. So to me, uh, wait, which Wolverine? The the bad origin story or no 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 that's x-men origins wolverine. okay uh the Getting wolverine. wolverines mixed up <laughs> <laughs> yes no that was gavin hood and he deserves every shame that comes with that um the wolverine uh was uh the one in japan oh okay. which was mildly it better is, yeah i would go further than mildly it i thought it was terrible. enjoyable like it wasn't a great movie but there was a lot of good action and Hugh Jackman is always good as Wolverine. See, I would but... say the same for X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like, oh, if you just, like, no. shut off your brain no, a little bit. I'm like, look at all those explosions. Call shenanigans on that one. He jumps out. What, does he, he Does he crash the helicopter with the motorbike in that one? Uh, yes, that was an origin. Yeah. Wow. But... but Speaking of, who else is in this movie? Leave Schreiber. Exactly. I was just going to go there. Uh, Sabretooth and Wolverine are both in this movie. Uh, but also, um, uh, Mangold did Logan. So, oh, a real oh, good one. Movie. So, he's a real auteur. Exactly. Only when it comes to Hugh Jackman. Though. Yeah. Um, his next movie, which I am very excited for, um, but a lot of people aren't, including his next one now. His current in the present day. His current gotcha. project? Yes. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh. oh. I'm apprehensive about it. I'm, I'm cautiously I'm, optimistic. That's where I am about it. Warwick is very not into it. Um, He's been burned too many times. That, that's, 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 yeah. that's his M.O. Yeah. Um, but uh, James Mangold knows Hugh Jackman very well today. But back then, this was their first collaboration, I believe. Mm. Very cool. Okay. Um, okay. I could be wrong. But, you know, um, uh, I'm pretty sure, yes, uh, this was the first one. And then um, it was the Wolverine, Logan, Greatest Showman. So, Oh, he did Greatest Showman as well? He did. Wow. <laughs> um, my thing about the Greatest Showman, uh, I love Pace and Paul. I think the music's very good. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't about um, P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. It would have been way more effective. We the are thing. the same person because yep. I have the same complaint. I'm like, if you had made it about Joe Schmo's mm-hmm. circus guy, yep. it I would have not had any issues with it. My sole issues, well, I have two issues. My one issue is that... Uh, is one of your issues <laughs> that you don't see Zephron's butt? No. <laughs> um, my one issue is that Barnum was a horrible list. person and yes. they really just completely made everything up and my second issue is that like several years pass in that movie and his children don't age yeah no that's true (laughs) it really bothered me i don't know why (laughs) i remember that so clearly being like why didn't his kids age like they went to europe and back it's been like a few years why didn't his kids age yeah that's a good point i didn't like how it bothers me that the first season of glee takes place in ohio and doesn't have seasons they (laughs) add seasons in later, the yeah. later seasons of the show, they put in like seasons they for do. the for yeah. the, the the weather. Well, you realize but in the first season, you realize none of them don't. had ever been to Ohio, so they didn't really. I mean, I don't blame them. Yeah, no, don't go to Ohio. It's terrible. <laughs> I will go on the record. There? Yeah, I mean, I grew up there. It's a very important distinction. And why? I, oh, why? I grew up just oh, north of there, <laughs> and I have been born and bred to hate Ohio. No, very reasonable. Do you know the official rock song of Ohio? 
Cleveland Rocks? No, no. That would that would actually kind of make sense. It's Hang On Sloopy. That's what? a real song that no, exists. No, I, I know that yeah, song. Yeah, I know that song. But that's the official <laughs> that the song official, of Ohio? The official rock song of Ohio. What's the official uh, country song of Ohio? You know, I don't think we have one, which is weird because you'd think. <laughs> I only know the like state tree and the state bird of Michigan. Mm-hmm. What are they? The state bird is the robin. Okay. I actually don't remember so what it's not the state a cardinal. tree is. It might be the... So is it... Is it Dick Grayson or Tim Drake? <laughs> Carrie Kelly? What? Um, what's the... Uh, what is, what's the Jason Damien Todd? Wayne? Damien Wayne, yeah. Jason Todd? Yes, Jason Todd. There you go. <laughs> My husband is obsessed with Red Hood, so I better know that. Yeah, so is Warwick. Get divorced. <laughs> That's what did it, not remembering Jason Todd on a podcast mm-hmm. one time. <laughs> That he's not going to listen to. That he's not going to listen No. <laughs> he actually might. He might, yeah. <clears throat> the Glorious Human has started uh, listening to the smutty books I read on audiobooks. Ooh. To get notes from. That's good. There we go. Yeah, except, except I think he's just discovered some of the fucked up shit I read instead. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to read what she finds hot. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I started to have to tell him, like, oh, no, some of these I don't read for that. <laughs> you got to guide him. Please, toward... please don't get ideas from that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow the labels are switched and the farce begins. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Moo-ha-ha! <laughs> Too many doors. <laughs> so what did you think about this movie? Um, I remember really liking this movie when I first saw it, probably in college. So that would have been probably watched this like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little while after it had been released. It uh, aged. Sure. Mm-hmm. Not great. Like a fine milk. Maybe didn't wear enough sunscreen in its youth. Um, yeah. There were some choices made that definitely not just the technology, sure. but definitely date it. What was one of the most problematic things from Other the than movie? JJ the walking HR nightmare? Like, <laughs> that man kissed the back of her head at the office. Yep. And if Leopold <laughs> had his sword, it would have gone right through Bradley Whitford's head. And that would have also been an HR nightmare. Yes. Um, he doesn't work there. It's fine. Uh, yeah, no. Um, also, apparently, like, nobody in uh, New York has screens on there. <laughs> nobody in movies ever has screens on their windows because phones oh, yeah. don't exist. Mm. They, just, they go in and out of each other's windows constantly. Yeah, I don't... I don't think any of my friends have had screens in their windows, just bars. <laughs> what facility are you visiting at? <laughs> Brooklyn. No. The, the great maybe facility it's just known not a New York thing. Because here in Chicago, I have screens and all the things. I mean, the hotel we stayed in when we were in New York, my one experience with, with Brooklyn windows, for sure did not have screens. <gasps> Gasp, it must just be a New York thing. Maybe. Um, As we constantly say on this podcast, New York sucks. They're, <laughs> they're so. just like, there are already bugs in here, whatever. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> well, you'll inside, deal with it. bugs outside. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, JJ was just so quintessentially the man... Like the boss man of the time period, he was such a trope. Um, but I think 
the main reason that this movie didn't age well is it's another one of those there was that such a trend in like those 90s and like early 2000s movies where like you have these career women who are like very successful and good at their jobs but Mm -hmm. somehow still miserable just because they don't have love in their lives and like Like in working girl right how would you compare it to 13 going on 30 another movie we watched recently I'm going to tell you something really shocking. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. Wow. Okay. That's not that shocking. I know I'm ruining my romance girl cred, but I've I've never seen that movie. I think because I found, there was like, a, when that movie came out, for some reason, I found Jennifer Gardner really annoying. Really? And at this point, I'm afraid to go watch it because I'm worried <laughs> it'll be one of those movies that like everyone has so much nostalgia for. But if I tried to watch it now, I would just be like, what the fuck? Uh, if the demographics from our podcast episode about it tell us anything, you're probably okay. <laughs> okay. So it did age pretty well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually. Right, yeah. I think right. for the most part, it held up. Yeah, there were there were some bits, but like nobody eats razzles anymore. <laughs> that, that was, I mean, so. Oh, man, I remember that. So glaring. It's a candy and a gum. Uh-huh. I mean, it's you get to see the ruffles, so that's it's true. That's good, little baby ruffles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got like an art house feel to it in spots, which is really interesting. Yeah, I don't remember why I never saw it at the time, but then it blew up and it became like one of those things that everyone was like, the hype was so strong that I was scared to watch it. I'm picking up a pattern here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to watch things like years after they come out. I don't know why. I'm not good at keeping up with like current media, which mm-hmm. is why this show is great. Well, we've got some good news for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Taking it back to 2001 is just my speed. Um, so I would like to point out that the day that this movie starts was April 28th, 1876. Okay. I completely forgot about what day it was. So when did I do my research for this podcast? <laughs> Two days ago. April 28th. Okay. Well 2023. Done. And nice. I was just like, no fucking way. <laughs> nice. That was yeah. such a weird year for them to pick, the 1876. They harp on that specific year so much. And... It led to so many historical inaccuracies. It did. Um, but I think the one thing that they they wanted was to make sure that the elevator wasn't like popularized by then. Uh, so that some things lined up. Mm-hmm. Of course, there were other things that didn't line up. <laughs> but I wanted to go back to the very beginning of the movie where it just starts out with a series of dick jokes. <laughs> by a dude who was already dead. The greatest erection on the planet. <laughs> just, I don't know. It was just so, um, I mean, juvenile is being nice, right? <laughs> like, it was a weird choice to start a movie. Right. Especially that, a rom-com, especially right? Especially a rom-com. Like, and especially a rom-com that is definitely geared towards like an older audience. Yep. Like, this rom-com was definitely not designed for like, college age 20 year olds like it was well i mean it was but it also like all of the characters in it are like 30 something yeah 30s 30s 40s something so it was definitely a weird choice for a movie that is otherwise fairly mature 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and it just, it was rapid fire. It kept going. <laughs> that that was a very long dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Ansel, I made her laugh. Like, you missed it. I know. No, I, I was, I, was, I heard it. <laughs> Uh, uh, apparently not much happened in, in that year. Uh, Graham Bell got his patent for the telephone. And Leopold does mention Bell's telephone, uh, Mm -hmm. in the movie. The Royal Titles Act was passed. Uh. Oh, I also wrote down in my notes that the, the screenplay was written by Steve Rogers. Uh, and I thought that was so amazing. That's what Cap was doing <laughs> when he wasn't saving the world go. anymore. <laughs> when he traveled back in time and decided not to writer. help with anything anymore. Yep, there we go. So when I was reading about this movie, they were talking about some bits that were censored <gasps> because there were references suggesting that Kate is Stuart's great great grandmother. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, I did. I read about that, too, where, like, Stuart is a descendant of Leopold, and that's why he's researching him and why he decides to go back in time to that era. Yeah, Stuart is the great-great-grandson of Leopold, apparently, but I don't remember that being in the movie. Yeah, no, they cut it out. Like, uh, so the, the bits that I read that were cut out were just the ones, like, more explicitly pointing out the connection. But I'm guessing there may have been a reference left in, but I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I didn't catch it. Apparently, there's a director's cut of this movie where some of it is included. Interesting. But, like, why? Yeah. No, I think, I feel like the focus group that was like, mm, maybe not that, was uh, on the nose with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very, they were very ahead of their time. Um, you know, no Game of Thrones incest wasn't cool yet. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe the writer was like, "It's been so many generations. That's fine." I mean, this is this is New York, not of not Kentucky, West Virginia. You know? Speaking of Steve Rogers <laughs> kissing. Okay. People All right. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tying <laughs> <laughs> it back together. <laughs> That's only one generation. They are, I think, related by marriage. Yeah, that's the, the thing. Still gross, though. Un- it's un- not like... Because um... he's going to meet her as a kid. Yep. Yeah, And she is. probably met him as a kid. And then sees him as an adult and is like, You look like my great uncle. Hey. Huh. Great uncle issues. <laughs> That's a, that's a new one. That is a new one. Uh, but, you know, Sharon Carter um, has issues. Yeah. I and mean, look where she is now. Maybe that's why... Uh, that's the heel turn. <laughs> that's why the MCU Sharon Carter is so messed up? Because of... <laughs> well, because when she first met him, it wasn't weird. Then he went back in time. Now we're in an alternate timeline. Now, now she weird. knows it's weird. Does she know it's weird? I think she knows it's weird. I feel like, didn't she make a comment in Falcon and the Winter Soldier about being weird? Isn't there some kind of... She definitely gives him a look during the funeral in Civil War. Because she's giving the eulogy Mm -hmm. at at the funeral and Sam is just like... And Steve looks up and he's like, what? 
Yep. All right. Uh, something I wrote down was I found the whole when he's like fighting with his dad in the early scenes and he's like, the royalty is dead. I find that really funny um, as we're about to crown a new king of England in mm-hmm. like two days. Oh, that was his uncle. His because uncle. his parents died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember so they were that in the was picture. his uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're correct. We're back um, to more uncle stuff. <laughs> yeah, back to more uncle stuff. Um, but yeah, he tells his movie. uncle that the royalty is dead. And I was like, on you it's totes not um we keep thinking it's not gonna make it but. i was very impressed that they had the correct dresses for 1876 oh, yeah? yeah what characteristics uh made them accurate okay so in the late 1870s the natural form dress became popular i'm gonna bore the shit out of people with this basically they were like no more bustles and these very like slim fitted skirts with these very elaborate trains mm-hmm. were very popular. They were suddenly into butts. Yeah, they were suddenly into butts um, and like really like fitted and they were hard to walk in. They're stupid style. I freaking hate them. They only, and they were only popular for like four years and then they mm. were like, nope, back to the bustle. We hate these. I can hide a chair under my skirt this way. This is better. <laughs> um and so they got rid of like that. They went out of fashion pretty quick. But everybody is wearing a, a correct natural form dress, which is normally I think I was expecting a lot of these kind of older, like historical romances. You tend to get a lot of like kind of modern influence on the costumes. Either that, or you'll have the instances where they like raided a costume shop sure. for pieces and you have this weird like mishmash of eras. And so I was actually really impressed that like the consistency amongst the women's dresses was actually How really... about uh, Leopold's clothes? Were they accurate? I mean, the sutash on his jacket was a little over the top, uh-huh. I think. But that wasn't just because he was rich? It might have been. I don't think the sutash was, even for royalty, like super popular at the time. Mm. I think he would have just been wearing a typical like dinner jacket. I don't think he would have been wearing like a full military-esque tails coat. What about um, the... But I think uh, they wanted to drill that home for the modern mm. stuff. So they took a little liberty with him. What about the butter commercial costume? <laughs> that was actually probably more historically accurate. Really? Interesting. Honestly, in terms of the suit he was wearing because it's a little it was a little less like gaudy and over the top mm-hmm. well also <laughs> he was where he was dressed for a ball when I he still goes through have worn, that, still that's not have worn the formal suits. Mm-hmm. yeah like what he's wearing was a little bit more like early maybe like early 1810s 1820s at the mm-hmm. earliest because you really get by the 1870s you're Men are wearing suits that are very, very similar to what you're wearing now. Ah. The man's suit has really not changed that much Mm -hmm. in like the last 150 years. We're just playing with lapels now. Yeah. Yeah. Once you got out of like the the Regency era, very high-waisted trouser Mm -hmm. and like short waistcoats, pretty much the suit hasn't changed. And he's wearing almost a more like 1820s style pants and... Not his tie, but his waistcoat and everything. And you, so you the know jacket's what, a little over the top. You know what male fashion trend that I hate, which is obvious if I know this is an audio medium, but if any listeners have ever seen me, <laughs> uh, I hate the slim fit bullshit. 
Oh yeah, it's not like, for us. Yeah. Right? Like no. what is the point? But re- men's regency clothes, those high-waisted trousers look good on everybody. It's true. It's true. You How many of look... those do you own, Ansel? Uh like 8. They just make you look real. They do a lot for like lengthening the whole line of mm-hmm. your body so mm. you look taller you look slimmer you look very like lean interesting they're mm-hmm. they they do a good optical illusion men's i don't know why they went to suits and especially not the fucking 20 zoot suit disaster you don't need to talk about this mm-hmm. but like zoot suit riot good music bad fashion um, <laughs> you know that was a real thing that happened i know it was, it was really a real quite thing. a tragedy yeah no, a weird <laughs> thing to write a song about it was kind of horrible it's really fucked up Cherry Pop and Daddy. <laughs> well, but isn't the song talking about the tragedy? Like it's just a catchy song that shouldn't have as upbeat of a. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> well, I need a down tempo rendition of Zoot Suit Riot, the, like dirgy. Have you heard the up tempo version of the uh, Empire theme from uh, Star Wars? Have I mean, I've heard, heard a few. Yeah, the Imperial March done in a major key. It's, oh, I have heard it's that. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> I've also heard it done in a major key on rubber duckies, which, uh, or not rubber duckies, uh, rubber chickens. Squeaky, squeaky rubber chickens. Amazing. It is hilarious. <laughs> um, that was on the short list of weird songs to walk down the aisle to for our wedding. Mm-hmm. It was the Imperial March in a major key. I remember. Ooh. How did it get vetoed? Because um, Kate really wanted to send y'all down to Rainbow Road, and not until we got to the aisle did we realize that there's no tempo to Rainbow Road. We just sent y'all on your way. Yep. <laughs> Good <laughs> watching, luck. Watching them try to pace themselves down the aisle at my wedding to Rainbow Road, which has absolutely no like distinct tempo beat, mm-hmm. was so funny. Rainbow Road, as in <clears throat> we the Mario Kart. The Mario okay, so Kart it is what I thought. Rainbow Road. <laughs> We did an orchestral version of it, but there's still really no like sure. downbeat tempo yes. to that music. And watching them all try to like pace their way down the aisle when <laughs> they didn't have any type of beat to go off of. When you said Rainbow Road, like it started playing in my head, and I'm just like, no, they're oh, not yeah, talking about that song. Not so that. <laughs> for my wedding, we used all like video game music. I walked down oh. the aisle to the Turret Opera from Portal Two. Cool. Um, we walked out to what the Giles theme from. Chrono Trigger, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we had a lot of a lot of video game music. Oh, that's fun. It ended up being our theme. So That's really cool. Yeah. So we did. But anyway. <laughs> um I'd like to talk about the romantic aspect of this historical romantic comedy. Um Leopold tells Charlie, Kate's brother at one point. No one wants to be romanced by a buffoon. I love that. And I'm just like, I like that quote. And I, it's good advice. But then I'm just like, oh, is that what I'm doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, as someone married to a buffoon. An absolute buffoon. Um, an absolute Unrepentant buffoon. buffoon. <laughs> he was not even going to be mad for calling me. No. That. No, he would agree. Um, I would slightly disagree. But... I, I kind of get it. Um, it's an interesting take for a Miramax movie. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. it is an interesting take for a Miramax movie. Um, one thing I found interesting about the romance in this movie, though, is I feel like they kind of didn't... Like, Leopold comes from the past, mm-hmm. but they used a very modern idea of what 
like historical romance was on him that uh-huh. didn't really suit his character at all mm. when you thought about it. Like the things we know about him are that he was raised in the aristocracy mm-hmm. and he is an inventor. Yet he apparently also had the free time to like be sitting around reading Byron and learning how to cook. So like he still has very, it's a very modern idea of what a dream man is. The mm-hmm. guy who's thoughtful and eloquent and buys you flowers and cooks you dinner and kind of that reverse, um, kind of the house husband thing, but isn't actually realistic for a man from that time period to behave like that. And mm-hmm. I found that to be pretty interesting because the type of man he was was actually an incredibly modern concept. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, what advice do you think Leopold would have given Charlie if this was historically accurate? I mean, I think for Leo, someone in Leopold's position, he would have, even though he hated it, he would have agreed with his uncle that marriage isn't about mm. love. It's about duty. It's about finding, at best, someone you get along with and can have a lasting, at least... I don't think he'd ever think, consider it friendship, but like a good rapport with someone who you get along with and mm-hmm. maybe have similar interests in. But like the whole idea of courting and even in his specific scenario where he's basically been told, we're going to throw you into this room of women. Mm-hmm. You're not even allowed to court them. You just need to pick one. Right. Um, <clears throat> without really having any opportunity to get to know them at all is really in contrast with like the overall message of the movie where he does come across as this very like sweet thoughtful romantic grand gestures Mm -hmm. waits on her dotes on her it's like where is that coming from it almost would have made more sense if he like didn't want to be an inventor he wanted to be a poet Mm -hmm. but then how could you make it such a big deal that he had to go back in time if he didn't invent something as vital as the elevator, which he didn't do. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's a little bit more Wildean in his approach, the like, treat every woman as if you loved her, sort of. Uh... Yeah. So it's almost like he should have gone back to his time with the his ideas of courting and love, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, showing up in the future already with these ideas yeah i feel like he would have learned those things oh i can have Mm -hmm. i it would almost kind of seem more interesting if like maybe instead of being a buffoonish out of work actor if charlie had been like the romantic poet who teaches Mm -hmm. leopold a little bit about how to like romance women and what a modern woman wants and then leopold took that back but then it wouldn't you know necessarily have made as much sense when sure kate follows him but speaking of like not really making sense the (laughs) time travel mechanism of this movie um first i mean it's it's no go ahead the science is just insanity to the point where I couldn't even follow it enough to like research if any of it was even a real theory. Yeah, like it was so bananas. Isn't it technically a time loop? Then, I mean, he doesn't repeat it, does he? Well, Stuart 
has to go back mm-hmm. in order for Kate to go It's a forward. causal paradox. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's a causal loop. What I, I want to know is why there did that time slip, no matter when they went through it, always take them to the same day? Yes. That what in the weird, algorithm yeah, made it why that was it day? This hole always leads to this place. Mm. I mean, that's how Time Bandits works. Kinda theory. It always goes back to but the same it was day. Also well, that's what somehow... they were saying. It was like, there's a time door over here. They got to go through that time door. But it was oh, a... that's a good point. But um, Time Bandits does a better job of explaining it, I think. Mm-hmm. And because Stuart, who should have been the one explaining, explaining it, it yeah. didn't do a great job, um, you know, uh, it kind of took me out of it. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, saber to- that saber tooth sucks. So. <laughs> But one of the other things that bugged me was he was like, you're going to go back a little bit before you left. Wouldn't right. he then run You'll into repeat. himself? Like, so what yes. if he mm-hmm. have to run out chasing him and then the other one walks back in? Oh, sorry. I was hiding up the stairs. Like, Classic Back to the Future 2. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like uh, Marty has to avoid himself playing yeah, Johnny B. Good. Yeah, they completely you know? ignore that aspect of it. He just goes back early, but is still himself. Yeah. Which I found kind of... If he had to go through that conversation with his uncle again, he would have had to take out himself uh, in order to do that. Yeah. But then if he took out himself, then that version of himself doesn't go to the future. Mm-hmm. And then Yeah, it... exactly. And then... Because and even... Even Stuart is like, you might see me. Don't chase me this time. I'm like... No, he should have been like, okay, you're going to show up early. You're going to have to hide from yourself. You're going to see yourself chase me. <laughs> yeah, oh. you're going to see yourself chase me, and then you need to get back in there. We've seen uh, uh, Days of Future Past. He's clearly just slipped back into his own body as it was at that time. There's not another version of him. It's just he just reappears in, in the body that he had at that moment. It's just Wolverine. That's... I mean that does no, but for real, yeah, I bet that does make it make more sense. Yeah, Yeah, that does make it make more sense. You are gonna bop right back into your own body as it was in that moment, but also knowledge. But then how? Like this also goes back to Stuart not explaining things very well. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which (laughs) also probably explains why he was in the hospital for way longer than he should have been. (laughs) Because he wasn't explaining things properly, except to Gretchen, the nurse, yeah. who may or may <laughs> not have been a patient. kind soul, Gretchen. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kristen Shaw for being Miss Tree of Schenectady. This was her first role ever. She does not age. No, she no. doesn't. I she looks exactly she the looks same. She looks exactly the same. I want to know what that girl's moisturizer routine is. Like, <laughs> t- please tell me about your skincare. You look fantastic. Uh, she was, like, young in this, yes. too, and... She has aged, like, very well. Uh, another quote that I wrote down was, I'm tired and I need a rest. If I need to pedal a little pond scum to get one, then so be it. She is a slave to capitalism. I love when she called him out. I yes. thought that was... But then it made me angrier than when she goes with him in the end. Because I was like, ma'am, we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we I really... Yeah, this. no, I hate that trope of, like... Oh, if only I had a romance. She gives up so much to go be with him. But a lot of the movies back then had that. Do you hate, or I guess, do you dislike those other movies as much? 
or did this just seem out of character for Kate after what she went through? I do think it's definitely a trope I don't love. I don't love the whole, like, I've worked really hard for this career and then I'm basically, like, going to throw it all away Mm -hmm. because I met a guy. I don't love that trope, but it also seemed really, like, Kate works so hard and and does, to an extent, seem to enjoy her job. And she's very competent at us. I don't think... Other than, like, missing Stuart and being lonely, I don't feel like they set up enough reason for why she was unhappy. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, she's she just doesn't have romance in her life. <laughs> and it would have been nice that maybe they gave us some more things. Like, maybe they provided additional context of, like, oh, well, all of her girlfriends are, like, married and having kids mm-hmm. and she never talks to them anymore. Her assistant, her her assistant, you know, because her assistant was also kind of a love Lauren reading her romance novels and on the clock. Another actress who's gone on to to do big things. Um, And I must think it would have made more sense then if her brother was like less of a failure. Like if her Mm -hmm. brother was also really successful and less of a buffoon, it would have made more sense for like. But then we wouldn't have gotten Breck and Meyer. We probably would have gotten Jeremy or Jason London. <laughs> who were in all of those fucking movies back then. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a nice kind of flashbacky treat. Um, but yeah, no, I just, there. I wish they had set up more about like why she wasn't happy other mm. than being lonely. Yep. And the fact that it seemed like she had no social life outside of work. Like yeah. they really, but, they, but I think they needed to try harder to really... Because she was so excited at first when she got that promotion. Mm-hmm. She'd been working so hard at it. And like, if you're really that miserable in a job, then why not not bother like climbing the corporate ladder? Like, mm-hmm. I think it would have made more sense almost if she had just been kind of like trapped Coasting. in a mediocre position mm-hmm. that she didn't feel fulfilled in as opposed to like deeply excelling at something that yeah. she was very good at. Leopold even pointed out at one point where he was just like, if you don't like your job, then don't do it. You know, because he didn't want to endorse yeah. this thing that he didn't believe in. And it could have been a very good time for her to be like, yeah, you know, the more I think about it, the more I realize how unhappy I am peddling my pond scum. But mm-hmm. she never says that. Yeah. She, she's a very different character than we see in the end. And it she doesn't really earn that change. Yeah. She suddenly becomes a romantic who is willing to jump back in time with really no knowledge of what she's getting into. Right. Blindly based off a guy that she pretty much just met who, yes, swept her off her feet and that's fun and all, but like... Saved her with a horse. Yeah. Got her bag back. (laughs) Uh, Another example of the woman giving up incredible things for a man... Who doesn't deserve it. Like penicillin. I mean, yeah, that's definitely one thing she should Basic definitely. Basic medical care. She's probably she going to die in childbirth now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, another example of that trope in action was Boy Meets World. Where Topanga could have gone to Yale. <clears throat> but then decided to go to college with Corey. <clears throat> so they could be together. And don't get me wrong. I love Boy Meets World. But That was the wrong call. Yeah. Yeah. That was totally the wrong call. And the actors now will even say, like, no, she should have gone to Yale. If they were really meant to be, then they would have survived that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, long distance relationships now are much easier than they were back then. Um, 
and by back then I mean uh, you know Kate and Leopold times. <laughs> <laughs> Which, no. wait, which time, though? When the movie came out, <laughs> not when Leopold was... Oh, okay. <laughs> Back in 2001, it was very... No. Um, no, but just, like, in general, like, now, uh, in the modern era, it's easier, because, like, you can call someone, or in the text present day, day, you can text mm-hmm. or FaceTime mm-hmm. or whatever. But even for Corey and Topanga, like, Yale isn't that far from Philadelphia? No. Like... They could have made it work, especially yeah. after Corey learned how to drive. Yeah. You know, so I like... Mean, I think there's probably been a train from yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, there's probably a train too. Might have had to change over in New York, but yeah, there's definitely public transit yes. that could get you there. Very easy to figure out. Uh, but like, of course, Topanga was going to succeed no matter where she went to school. Mm. She ended up becoming a successful lawyer anyway, as we saw in Girl Meets World. But... Uh, it, could, it might have been better for her if she mm-hmm. actually got to follow her dream of going lawyer, to Yale, yeah. you know? She gave up her dream of going to this Ivy League school for... I mean, Corey is fine. But <laughs> so when Topanga like... time travels back... <laughs> to, 19... to be with Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that Topanga and Kate might be kindred spirits here. Yeah. Okay. You know? right. I buy that. I, I agree. All right, any any closing thoughts about the plot of this movie? Um, similar to uh, I don't know why this is this is the first example that came to my head, but similar to Jurassic World. Okay. When you think about it, it starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you after watching it the first time, you get that initial enjoyment of what you're looking for, but like. The rewatch value isn't necessarily there. Yeah, yeah. You can't, this does not stand up to scrutiny, even a little. Oh, I did want to bring up two things. Okay. My notes we didn't talk about. One, I wanted to mention that flushable toilets totally already existed and had existed for a very long time. And so the fact that he's shocked by it, that was one of the, the historical inaccuracies. They wouldn't have flushed like that. They still would have flushed, though. They would have flushed, yeah. He would have been looking up here for a pulley. Exactly, yeah. But... It still would have flushed. Yes. Like a to- in the, it would have looked exactly like that toilet, to an extent. That's fair. Yeah. The, the yeah, design yeah. has not changed all that much. Um, but something I wanted to talk the... about yeah. was one of the weird things about this. For all the weird historical inaccuracies, one of the things they did get a hundred percent right was the male British aristocracy marrying rich American women. Mm, was a hundred percent a thing all the rage yeah all the rage because it was the case that so many of these aristocracies their like family homes were crumbling Mm -hmm. they had no money left all they had was a title Mm -hmm. and they were not bringing in enough income anymore to support their lifestyles Mm. and so it was a very big thing and these new money rich Americans loved the idea of marrying their daughters off into gentry. Mm-hmm. And so something that I do think is funny about this movie is how, like what happens to them? Cause he's not marrying rich. They're yeah. going to lose all their stuff. Like, Oh yeah. His uncle's pissed. Yeah. His uncle's so <laughs> mad. Meanwhile, Otis is standing in the back like, yeah, you go, girl. They also never would have kissed in public like that. That would have been so scandalous. Oh yeah. Those, those late girls would have been fainting on the floor. <laughs> the talk of the village I say yeah no that would have been scandalous he also would have like passed out at her in pants because he makes a reference 
when he sees her in pants, mm-hmm. he like makes a reference about it. And I was like, nope, nope. Women in pants didn't become a thing until the bicycle. You're too early, dude. That's later. Wait, wasn't he just saying what Charlie told him about her wearing pants? Because like, it's like Charlie warned him that she wears pants. He did, but he still makes a, he makes a connotation to her being like a working girl. So she mm-hmm. wears pants, but like even working women in 1870s would not have worn pants. Pants did not become a thing for women until the bicycle popularized them because mm. skirts were getting sucked up into bike chains. Um, and so the, the, the Knickerbocker became a thing. Um, but yeah, even at most you might wear like a split skirt, mm-hmm. which were basically wide-legged pants that looked like a skirt because they were so voluminous. Palazzo pants. Secret pants. Yeah. But, yeah, women really didn't wear trousers. And it, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> there were there were women who wore pants who were arrested for it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little earlier in history than the 1870s. But there was, like, a famous woman who was like i hate lady clothes i want to wear pants all the time and then got arrested multiple times for it oh. <laughs> yeah but they she was aristocracy so they just like find her and sent her on her way and mm-hmm. she paid the fines but yeah she was pretty hilarious <laughs> do you remember her name no because there were a few people like that and there's always a big discussion about whether or not they're like like would they be considered queer or not and mm. that kind of thing and it gets into very complicated subject matter um, but I just remember that it was like a French lady who was like, no, skirts are stupid. Pants. <laughs> She'd go around dressed as a dude cause the clothes are more comfortable. And then they would be like, no, no, no. And she would be like, you can't stop me. And basically that was like her whole deck. Ah, uh, the French. Uh, gentleman Jack, doesn't she wear trousers as well? Yeah. And she got arrested several times She got arrested times for, for it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't necessarily wear trousers all the time. She was just very kind of masculine, and she, like, ran her family's company, and people didn't like it. She's in the fascinating, though. And actually super gay. Like she might be a person who... Yeah, I mean, there were multiple anyway, yeah. women at various points who got in trouble, but, yeah, one of the things is they would, like, fine you. But typically, they were all fairly well-off women mm. who would just, like, pay the fine and yeah. keep on keeping on in their sure. p- pants but it wasn't like a common thing until the late 1880s mm. okay so last question uh is kate and leopold worth your time i think the main issue with it is like i said when i originally watched it back closer to when it came out i thought it was really cute but i think viewed with a modern lens it just doesn't really hold up that well and it does Mm -hmm. kind of come across as kind of shallow Mm -hmm. um just in terms of like there isn't really a lot of depth to it parts of it are really great like i definitely think that honestly the whole relationship between charlie and leopold was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie but i just don't i think there are a lot there's a lot of better rom-coms out there now that i can't ever see myself being like you know what movie you really need to see <laughs> Kate and Leopold <laughs> there were even better movies back then yeah, for, like, oh, yeah. serendipity 
I love Serendipity, by the way. That's just. I mean, I don't know why that was the first one. Meg Ryan movies. If I'm gonna make you watch a Meg Ryan movie, I'm gonna make you watch When Harry Met Sally, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Uh, Even though they drive the wrong way down Lakeshore Drive in that movie. They They do? do? Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of When Harry Met Sally, they are leaving the University of Chicago. Yes. Which, if you live in Chicago, you know is on the south side of Chicago. Yes. Then, as they are leaving Chicago, they are driving south down Lakeshore Drive towards the Drake Hotel, which is way Ah. north of the University of Chicago, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which makes me think that somebody at some point confused Northwestern and the University of Chicago. Probably. That makes sense. Oh, wow. Because you would pass that if you were driving from Northwestern, but mm. you would not pass the Drake Hotel if you were driving. But it is a beautiful shot. The Drake yes. Hotel is stunning. Yeah, but, I'm sure some cinematographer was like, no, no, we're doing but this. that's <laughs> like my Lord of the Rings, Aragorn kicks the helmet moment. Whenever mm-hmm. I watch that movie with someone, I'm like, they wouldn't be driving past that because if they're, they're, you know, they're trying to leave and they, they, they're, that's north of where they were. He broke his toe when he kicked the helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's real. He broke his toe. The Drake Hotel yeah. is north of the University of Chicago. They wouldn't be driving past it in that, in that direction. So I'm uh, trying to think of like move, Chicago movies to watch before I move. And like some of the ones I have on my list already are On the Line, uh, High Fidelity. I've already rewatched the Blues Brothers movies, um, The Untouchables. But like oh, wow. I completely forgot that when harry met sally starts, starts in, in chicago. chicago it's they don't stay in chicago very they long, don't it does start in chicago should that count i think it does they begin their journey in chicago that's true and then they go to new york Ugh. what a terrible progression right god you gotta you gotta move away from new york as far well, as possible when i before i moved to chicago I've lived in college towns my whole life. Mm. And so I actually was like, I want to live in a big city. And so I kind of thought about the three big cities, Mm -hmm. New York, Chicago, and LA. And New York was immediately hacked off the list. because As it should be. I have visited New York twice and whatever siren song people supposedly hear about New York, I do not experience. So I was uninterested. Uh, As someone who is born and raised in Philadelphia, uh, I learned early about the uh, the downfalls of New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also whenever I visited, I just did yeah. not feel like it was a place that it's I wanted to be. congested. It, absolutely. It, it almost feels like you're enclosed. You know, it's so mm-hmm. cramped. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Uh, I feel like I disparage New York every episode of this podcast. Yeah. Here for it. We've hit on Ohio. We've been on New York. We're doing great. Um, yeah, no, I felt the same way. I That's one of the things I love about Chicago is you can have that like downtown built up feeling mm-hmm. and then you go 20 minutes on the train and it's uh, completely different. Stephen Colbert said that Chicago has everything New York has, but just less of it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> And then L.A. just seemed too Is the away. best, I know. I love I, it. Yeah, no, L.A. was definitely a contender. I think I just knew more people in Chicago. Sure, that makes and sense. And I was like, it's not that far. It's because I moved. I was living in Madison, Wisconsin at the time. I knew a lot of people here. I had a support system mm-hmm. already. I only knew like three people who lived in L.A. But what's hilarious is now I know a ton of people who live out in L.A. So you and Aunt are moving soon. <sighs> oh, no. If I tried to... his, My mother-in-law got mad enough when I took him to another state 
<laughs> um, the one next door. If I tried to move him across the country, I'm pretty sure she, she would never forgive me. <laughs> well, if you decide you want to go to Disneyland, hit me up. There you go. Because I'm always down for a Disney trip. Yes, I love Hell Disney. yeah. Um, I'm usually out in... My grandma lives out in California. Oh, what part? So, uh, Newport Beach. Oh, gorgeous. Yes. Also horrible. Also um, horrible. One of the know. houses across from where she lives that fell into the bay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look what the Bluths did to Newport Beach. So, um, Yeah, she lives in Newport Beach, and we typically go visit her at Christmas. So mm. I'm usually always in California. Christmas, Christmas is the best time to go. Yes. Uh, I cannot wait to do Disneyland at Christmas. It's been too long since I've done it. Usually I would do Thanksgiving, mm. uh, because that's when... The, the haunted mansion would already convert over to nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. uh because of halloween yep. but then all the christmas decorations go up around the rest of the park so uh i love it i honestly could talk about disney parks yes. for fucking ever um, <laughs> that's a different podcast that's a whole different podcast um coming soon to the uh indecisionist podcast network hey i'll do it <laughs> uh before we get off of movies that feature Chicago, I do want to give you one tiny fun fact from okay. when I worked at the Museum of Science and Industry. There's a Keanu Reeves movie called Chain Reaction okay. in which he runs into... There's a big chase scene, and he runs around the hall of airplanes in okay. the Museum of Science and Industry. He goes through a door, and he comes out in a different part of the field museum uh, so they can run past the dinosaurs. <laughs> nice. So if you want to watch that before you leave. I'm trying to think of other movies that take place oh, in there Chicago. Are so many. But at this point I wanted I've read too many books that take place in Chicago and I'm mm. starting to forget. That'll happen, book talker. Oh, well, I just read a book that took place in Chicago. It wasn't good. Oh, that's too bad. Let's <laughs> take this it, one home. <laughs> was it divergent? No. Well, <laughs> I hate those fucking books. The movies aren't much better. We have no, a friend who was in those. We have several friends yeah. who were in those. Are you friends with several? Charlie Woodley? My ex-boyfriend no, they were all... Um, which one? Lucky. Oh, yeah. Bunch of stunt you, you people. You dated someone named Lucky? This is his nickname. Oh. Sounds like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you can find us on the internet. Uh, I'm at bsilverio20 on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive. I'm Rachel Grandigleski, and I am Orion Has Moxie on Instagram and A Wandering Read on TikTok. I'm at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. Head on over to indecisionist.com slash time to party to check out all of our show notes and transcripts of episodes. You can use the hashtag time to party to join in on the conversation. That's time the number to party. As well as ha- hashtag time the number to party. All one word. Spelled uh, out. Thank you, Warwick. <laughs> yes. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed our little review of Kate and Leopold. Um, it was a movie. Yep. Um, be sure to join us next week uh, when we present you with some edutainment. Because uh, <laughs> knowledge is power. And 
Power corrupts. Oh. So learn. <laughs> Go evil. <laughs> this is our villain origin story. Oh, this podcast is our villain origin story? <laughs> yep. This That's why we're documenting. Got it. Yes. Uh, so while we consider costumes for our evil personalities, uh, I want to remind you to be excellent to each other. And party on, dude. Wow. <laughs>